stories of innovation and success from the vibrant communities of rural Nova Scotia. This is Ignited. Hey there, welcome to Ignited the Podcast, where we celebrate innovation and rural success. I'm Wade Cleveland. I work for a rural innovation hub called Ignite. We help build vibrant economies in rural Nova Scotia by bringing together startups and industry, youth and community. And today, we're talking about something that's been on pretty much everybody's mind over the last 12 months or so, the rise of artificial intelligence, or AI, in the workplace, its uses, and what that means for our lives. I'm joined by Dylan Curl, the Chief Operating Officer of H10 AI, a company that lives in that space, helping companies large and small utilize AI. Let's talk a little bit about you and your background before we get too much into the AI part of things. Tell me about yourself. Where does this all come from? Uh, my background, as, as far as schooling goes, was in business management and accounting. Um, outside of after school, I went into uh, management consulting. So I did consulting work for three or four years. Um, and that led me to, I just wasn't a, a desk kind of guy. I couldn't sit down at a desk and work for someone. Um, I always had an entrepreneurial bug through university. I did door-to-door sales. And as a teenager, I used to sell stuff door-to-door. And I always did really well doing that. So um, I knew I wanted to run my own business at some point. So I started launching some various projects. The first project that I started on my own was a VR project. Um, I ended up injecting a lot of my own money um, and it was, it failed. <laughs> I still have the IP and I, I might resurrect it one day, but um, that's kind of what started the journey. And anyways, I worked on a few projects um, to where I am today. I bought in as a partner to h AI. Um, my friend Helmet, he started the company. So I bought in as a partner and we've been able to scale up in the last two years since coming on from like him and one person to him and one person and me to now we're at 15. By the end of the year, we anticipate we'll be um, 25, 30 strong. So, and we're in the process right now of launching so what we do is we do consulting contracting in AI space. And now we're turning that model into also launching our own spin-off SaaS companies because we've Id- identified different use cases. We also have partners that we've met through our work where we're launching business individually and with these partners um, and then hiring out a team for those companies and finding investors. One project we just got an investor on. So yeah, it's an exciting time. You mentioned a couple of years ago that that's when everything kind of took off for H10AI. For the general public, I think many of them are only aware that AI exists as a true entity over the right. last maybe year or so. So you were, you were getting in on the ground floor and in, in early days, if you will. Yeah, it definitely is early. I mean, AI has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now, ever since the advent of ChatGPT, which is like just over a year ago, is really when it's, I think that is what brought it to the mainstream to the degree that it is right now. Um, and it's it's not slowing down anytime soon. I think we, oftentimes we'll see these technology um, fads. They'll come and go. Like VR, I think, is a perfect example, right? There's a lot of venture capital money that was put into VR for a short time, but then that faded out. And, you know, the next biggest and greatest technology comes about, which is AI. But this isn't a fad. This is an actual trend. Like this is happening because the use cases are really unlimited. The growth has been absolutely monstrous over the last while. Yes. Yeah, it's huge. So what exactly does H10 AI do? Yeah, so we build AI solutions for our clients. Okay. So that ranges from, like we've worked with public institutions, we've worked with small startups, um, we've also uh, worked with Fortune 500 companies. So um, it's a broad range of mix uh, of you know the type of organizations we work with. By the end of the day, we build AI solutions. That will, that's what we do. 
Okay, now you're coming off the back of a session that we just had here in Yarmouth, and you're doing another one uh, in New Glasgow, kind of an introduction to it. And so for somebody who's just kind of listening to this, thinking, okay, I want to find out about AI. Yeah. Explain a little bit for a layman, what <laughs> really is AI? Yeah, you know what? That's a good question because I am a layman. Um, I'm not a programmer. And so when I approach AI, I approach it through the lens of like creating business cases for AI. And at its core, AI is a tool to make predictions fast, inexpensive, and accurately. Like that's what AI is. And so when you see AI, we encourage people to replace it with that. Inexpensive, fast, and accurate prediction. That's simple. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we make predictions everywhere, right? You're, what you want to eat for dinner, that's a prediction. Like where you should drive, how you should drive, what you should wear today. Um, these are all predictions that we're making. They're just ingrained into us. We don't view them as predictions. We're constantly making predictions. And even tasks that aren't predictions, we can turn into prediction problems and then thus AI is relevant. Right. So things as basic as, and, you, and I'm stealing this directly from your session, but yeah. the way you started things off was you were talking about uh, self-driving vehicles. Yes. And the difference between the early ones and, for example, a yeah. Tesla. Right. But that what a self-driving vehicle is, is it has all this sensory input mm -hmm. that's coming in. Yep. And it decides or predicts what it should do. Like somebody yep. slams on their brakes. Should it slam on its brakes? Should it veer right? Right. Yep. And then the AI part of it is if it doesn't work, if it's a mistake, day, mm -hmm. then it learns. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that's like a very good foundational understanding of AI. It, it learns based on the actual uh, output, right? It makes a prediction. What's the result of the prediction? And then it can then either reinforce the model or update its model, right? It's either learning or reinforcing if it made a correct prediction. And the, in the case of self-driving software, what the software is asking is, you know, what would a good human driver do in this circumstance? So there's a benchmark, right? It's, it's trying to hit that benchmark and it's not there um, because there's, you know, it, it's Im not impossible, but it'll take so much time to get data on every possible situation for a for a driver. Because there's, you know, almost an infinite number of possibilities. So that's like standard standard operations. Let's say you're a truck driver driving down a highway, um, I-15 down the United States. Like it's flat. You know, there's not much going on, not many turns. It's very easy because that data's been the AI's experienced that so many times. It's an easy, easy decisions, easy predictions for it. Right. Let's talk a little bit about once the term AI comes out, mm -hmm. uh, there's this terror yes. uh, in the eyes of some, at least, of the general public because w your mind goes to, you know, the Terminator yes. movies or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, uh, there's been so much over the last 50, even longer, maybe mm -hmm. 60 to 70 years about the fear of those kind of technologies. And all right. of a sudden, more and more technology is becoming real. Right. So for people who have that fear, how do you address that? Yeah, I mean, that that is a good question. And it is a real fear. Um, and, you know, it's not to say anything isn't possible. Like, it, it definitely is possible. But, you know, we're so far from, like, this all-knowing, all-being, like, this godlike AI taking over. Um, right now, AI is limited to um, specific use cases, right? And so even ChatGPT, it's like, hey, it's amazing, and but you realize pretty quick when you give it certain prompts and you want it to you know produce some certain output, it's not always the best right off the bat, right? So you can see it's limited even if, even in in that specific use case. So um, it's it's happening, um, and that's why we emphasize you know it's it's a tool to make predictions, right? Like that's what AI AI is. That's how you should be. What the lens you should view it through, not through the movies, not through Terminator, or whatever, right? So <laughs> he's not going to be yes. back. Not yes. anytime soon. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so let's talk specifics. Um, uh, my first 
uh, example of AI, I believe, probably, without with real knowledge of, is, is ChatGPT, which was so easy to use. Yes. Uh, and, and is a very useful tool once you get to learn how to use it, because there there's tricks involved, certainly. Right. Learning to be very clear in what your parameters are mm-hmm. certainly is that beginning. And once you have that mastered, yes. you can get what you want fairly quickly from ChatGPT. Yes. So ChatGPT, what it is, it's a large language model. And so that's one area of AI are these large language models. And essentially they deal in the business of text, right? So it's it's text text communication. And so uh, specifically for large language models or LLMs, um, ChatGPT is one of the best out there. We actually use it. Oftentimes we'll use ChatGPT. They have some, they have plugins and they have an API where we can actually access their technology, train it on a specific data set, and then you know, we can we can apply it in all these different areas and fields of expertise, right? So um, oftentimes that's that's when you get the most value. It's like use a tool like that that's very productive. And there are there are many LLMs out there that are great. Um, ChatGPT is definitely the most well known, and people love the brand of it. They love the idea of they can tell people, hey, I use ChatGPT. So there's def- definitely something there. But then taking it and then training it on, on specific data sets, specific conversations or text, right? Because it's an LLM. Um, to adapt it for individuals and whatever they're doing. So what other opportunities are there within that space? Um, again, that's a yeah. text one, right. but AI is showing up in just about everything. Yes. Yeah, no, that's that's a very good question. I think specifically for like another example for text, we're working with a client who um, what they do is they advise accountants and they advise them around insurance and how that affects taxes. And these accountants don't aren't always up to date on the information that they need. So our client provides this consulting service to them. And oftentimes these accountants are always calling them, asking them for advice, asking them questions. And they're generally relaying the same information over and over and over again. And so what they've done is they've created with us, we've created a chat bot that mimics them, right? It's almost like an extension of them. So we've trained this chat bot on their knowledge base of this, how insurance affects tax. Right? It's a very sp- specific knowledge field. And ChatGPT doesn't have this information, but like like I was mentioning, we take their database, their information, their knowledge, which is in books and PDFs, et cetera, their, their previous conversations, use that, train ChatGPT on that data, and now ChatGPT can then accurately, um, through their own interface, right, accurately uh, engage with these accountants and provide them with, with well-thought-out, meaningful advice. And it's monitored by a human. That's always important, right? Yeah. So once you launch... Um, any sort of AI product, we don't want to replace humans. We want to um, enhance what they're doing and make AI a coworker. It certainly speeds things up to a, an enormous degree, and it, it takes the workload off of someone. Like, for example, myself, I, I used to spend an awful lot of time writing press releases. Right. Well, now a press releases that would take used to take me maybe forty five minutes to perfect, I can do in ten. It's still me. Right. Totally. I'm yep. still using parameters to get the information. Right. And then editing my way through it. So right. when it comes out, it's it's. I don't feel bad about that or yes. that I'm cheating yeah. at all. Right. It just feels like I'm getting things done in a much more efficient way. Totally. Yeah, that's that's exactly true. And I, I think used properly, it can be a very effective tool. And it's almost like you're bouncing ideas off someone, right? It's like, hey, help me write this. That's why we like to view AI as a, as a coworker, right? Like it's there to assist you in your work. And you probably don't want to spend 45 minutes writing these press releases, right? You'd much rather spend 10 and use that other 35 minutes spending time with clients or more value-add activities, especially on human interaction. So a lot of these, a lot of the tasks like that are going to be automated over time which allow us as humans to spend time with humans, mm-hmm. which provides us 
way more value in life, right? So I think it'll, we'll see our tasks as individuals be more focused on more meaningful interactions, which will actually, I think, create, you know, a better, better world for everybody. Ignite Atlantic believes in the power of innovation and the ability of rural entrepreneurs to spark change. We bring together entrepreneurs and industry with initiatives like the Ocean Communities Climate Challenge, the Food Waste Challenge, our work on fishing fleet decarbonization and electrification, new and innovative ways to fish and farm, food automation, and more. Rural communities and industry have unlimited potential to help drive our economies and create prosperity in Canada, and Ignite is helping to lead the way. For more information, visit igniteatlantic.com. What is happening is it's it's taking care of some of the busy work, yes. enabling yes. you to actually. Uh, the the fear with AI is always, oh my gosh, everything becomes robotic. Right. Well, in a way, it's actually giving you more opportunity to have those human interactions because you have time to. Right. Yeah. Who wants to do all the data entry? Who wants to you know update their ledger? Who wants to do these these manual tasks that you know you know you can do you know with your eyes closed? You might as well have an AI do it, right? Or or, or a robot do it, right? So it's it's much more effective that way, for sure. It's fascinating. And I had a moment there while you were talking about robots thinking, I'm really having this conversation. It's that technology is beginning to, it, it does exist, and it's growing more and more. Uh, we have a resident here at Ignite who's a photographer who uses AI in editing, and it works extremely well. And you'd never know that right. it was done in any way, shape, or form. It just, again, saves him an enormous amount of time. Right. Uh, same with audio work uh, as we sit in front of microphones. But I know that there are ways that you can clean up recordings, you can do right. things very, very quickly in the matter of seconds, really, mm. where stuff like that used to take um, hours at times. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's not, it's the, I mean, AI is first replacing the boring work, right? The boring work is getting replaced. Eventually, it'll start to replace, you know, more white collar work. And funny enough, a lot of the tradespeople, they're going to be the last people who automate it out, right? So, um, it's definitely going to come in phases, and so we have to adapt to those phases. But uh, I mean, I think it is—it's inevitable. It is happening. So we got to, as people, we have to choose how we're going to adopt this thing and how we're going to work with it, as opposed to either deny it or or go too far on the other side as well. A couple of things I'd like to talk to you about, just out of curiosity, if you have any kind of suggestions on these. I have had conversations with teachers who are dealing with kids, and it's funny because I've talked with. Uh, teachers on one side who really want to embrace that and basically teach kids how to learn using ChatGPT. Right. I've had others who say they want to pretend it doesn't exist. And to me, you can't once once you get Pandora, and, and I don't probably a pretty negative way to put it is a Pandora's box. But once it exists, you can't pretend it doesn't because kids are going to use it one way or the other. So how does a teacher, for example? Um, kind of acknowledge that it exists and help their kids by giving them the tools that they can use right. in order to, you know, better facilitate that. Yeah. I mean, I'm no expert in teaching, but uh, I'd imagine that, you know, utilize, learning to utilize these tools as a young age will give you such a competitive edge down the road when you're ready to enter the workforce that people who have experience with these tools will be the ones getting the best jobs, right? So, and starting the best companies. And so, enabling them and empowering them with these tools. And, you know, at the end of the day, sure, they can copy and paste it, but you'll know. And not to mention if, they, if they're able to use the parameters and the prompts to write a, a good essay, you know, that's, that's I think, you know, probably 
you know, a good start for them, right? Where they can actually get, generate some sort of quality content on their end and then edit it themselves, provide their own notes to that. Use it as, like I said, a coworker, right? Like view it as a coworker, not as a replacement, right? And use the prompts, use the, uh, use the tool for, for good, right? It's like, there's no need to do some of these other tasks, right? Cause they're, they're being automated out of existence. So why are we trying to keep hold on to them? You know, when the, when the bird's already flown out of the nest. Where do you see H10 AI and other like companies even in the next few years? Uh, I, I always jump ahead to like five, but things yeah. seem to be growing so quickly with, with AI that maybe even within the next couple of years, where do you see that growth leading? Yeah, good question. So um, I think our, our, our company specifically, we're looking to build more products because we've seen so many opportunities um, and it really is the wild west right now. The best com- the best AI companies are going to be built in the next five years, the biggest and best companies. And so um, it's a race. And the AI solution for anything you can think of is going to be built. Someone is going to build it. It's who's going to build it. And so as as a company, AI, we want to build a lot of those solutions for people. Um, most of the work that we've, we've done to date is building solutions for um, our clients. So they own that intellectual property that, that we create. Um, but now we're shifting gears. We're still doing that. But the, the a large focus now is building IP for ourselves that we can scale. Um, and most AI, it, t- it takes a lot of work. And a lot of it's trial and error, especially if you're building out solutions that um, haven't been done before. There's a lot of testing because sometimes the algorithms or the models that you're deploying aren't a good, a good fit with the data that you have. So you have to test around um, and play with it to find something that works and fits. And at the end of the day, there's certain, depending on, on what you're trying to build, there's always going to be some sort of benchmark of accuracy that's required for, for that prediction, right? Cause we talked about AI does prediction. So yeah, I think we'll, we'll continue to scale and grow our consulting side, but for sure, um, we're in the, where there's three new SaaS companies that we're launching. Um, one of them we have an investor for. And so I imagine that, uh, these, these companies will also grow, uh, quickly. How many actual tech researchers do you have on staff or is that done independently? How does that work? Yeah, good question. So as far as like research goes, we have our machine learning developers okay. and we have a handful of them. Um, but how we identify problems, we're not like going out and, and you know, sicking those researchers into an industry and trying to identify a problem. Problems come up naturally through our interactions with clients. And so that's, that's, I guess, the benefit of having an agency, not just going directly to a startup, is we're able to identify use cases, um, find partners and or clients, and then build IP with them or build it for them. And so we have our first, you know, essentially our first uh, early adopters for a product. And so it de-risks, de-risks us um, from launching a startup from the ground up. And in many cases, some of these, um, all of these projects are receiving funding that we're launching. So one of them we already got investment for, the other two we will get investment for. And um, we're just finalizing the deals. So it's actually a fantastic model for entrepreneurs. If they want to get into the AI space, like anyone can can learn it and start selling solutions and they can hire out teams to, to do the technical work. And then opportunities are are endless for AI and automation. It's like I said, it's the wild west and there's so much opportunity. It's a very exciting time. Yeah, my mind goes all over the place. Uh, for everything from what we've talked about yeah. before, the ability to do perfect photographs or perfect audio. But more than that, in my mind, I'm thinking there are researchers doing medical research all on the same subjects all over the place. If if AI could collate all of the research data and come up with possible solutions to things, wouldn't that be an amazing thing? Oh yeah, using AI for predictive analytics for drug discovery, it's very popular right now. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some big, big companies, a lot of venture capital money going to those type of companies who who are using AI to simulate 
like let's say they're coming up with the the COVID nineteen vaccination, right? They I guarantee you they used AI to simulate the different outcomes of you know adding one protein versus another within these drugs. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, everything's going to be done with AI. <laughs> Everything will be touched, yeah. It's quite a time. I can honestly say I knew you when, and five years down the road, you may be a billionaire. <laughs> I, I hope I hope so. We won't get too, uh, we won't get too uh, ambitious, I guess, but yeah, for sure. Dylan, thank you so much for the time. Yeah, and, thank you. And uh, best of luck moving forward. I'm really very interested to see how, how this grows. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your time. To find out more about H10AI, visit their website, h10ai.com. To find out more about rural innovation and what Ignite does, check out IgniteAtlantic.com. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you subscribed to Ignited, shared us with your friends, and gave us a good review. And remember, you can find past episodes anytime by looking over our archive wherever you download your pods. We'd love to hear from you. Any comments or suggestions about the podcast or who you'd like to hear on it, maybe that's you, are most welcome. Email me at Wade. W-A-D-E at IgniteAtlantic.com. I'm Wade Cleveland. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.